beautiful. You are listening to More Than a Crown, where you will learn, feel understood, and be encouraged alongside believer, child advocate, ice cream connoisseur, and former Miss USA, Sarah Rose Summers. Today, I am honored to have fitness instructor, writer, mom, woman of faith, and breast cancer survivor on More Than a Crown. Welcome, Jennifer Keita. Hi, Sarah. Uh, thank you so much for doing this. It is my <laughs> it is my privilege. I like I still am like the fact that you asked me to do that. I was like, why? Why me? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. We have that imposter syndrome, you know? Yeah, totally. Oh my goodness. You are so inspiring. And I was thinking about, you know, I want to encourage my listeners, especially during this time when everyone's stuck inside, by having inspiring women on that are, yes, women of faith and also so into fitness because I know that's one outlet that I've turned to during the coronavirus is releasing those happy endorphins through workouts. For sure. Yes. Yeah. I don't know you without that. Seriously. Before we go that direction, I would love for you just to share a little bit about your story, um, your breast cancer story. I know a lot of my listeners are young women about my demographic, and a lot of us tend to think we're invincible, right? So what's your message to young women that have that mindset? Um, you know, here's the deal. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with thinking that we're invincible because it gives us power and motivation at times. So we all are mortal and obviously life can change at any given moment. Um, I think for a long time for me, I just thought as long as I exercise and I eat right, you know, nothing's going to happen to me. And then uh, in December of 2018, I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I, it completely changed all of that for me because I, I came from a family that was pretty healthy, like you know, I have a grandfather, a great grandfather lived, lived to be 103. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. And just longevity runs in our family. And so when I was diagnosed, I just thought, what? Because there was no history of that in my family. I mean, we've had some cancer, but um, nothing related to breast cancer. And so anyway, um, I just believe that you have to live life without fear but you also have to understand that when things do come your way that kind of knock you off your feet, like breast cancer can, <laughs> um, we have a decision to make where we can just get back up, you know, and we can, we can choose to fight it or we can succumb to the, all the things that cancer can bring like depression or feelings of helplessness. Um, unfortunately I was surrounded by family and, friends and most of all, and most importantly, the Lord, like completely as always, I mean, he was always there and has always been a part of my life, but there was just this presence that, um, was kind of almost like nothing I'd ever really felt before, um, were his wings. I felt like, you know, they talk about the, the shadow of your wings. I, that, that was where I was resting. And I just, I honestly, through that whole time felt like his, his feathers, his arms were wrapped around me that whole time carrying me. Did that answer your question? I feel like that was a really long-winded. <laughs> oh my goodness. It was so good. Honestly, I even feel like a calming presence right now just hearing you speak about that mm. and how amazing you're telling your story of your cancer diagnosis and I'm feeling calm 
so interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Um, now I know I listened to a little interview you did. You had a Zen 22 instructor spotlight, I think they called that's it. Right. And yeah. you said that you did go the route of a double mastectomy. Is that correct? That is correct. Different things are right for different people, but what led you to make that decision for you? Well, for me, uh, based on what my doctors were telling me, which was my breast cancer surgeon and, um, and all the other doctors involved with that, they, um, were saying basically I could have just, you know, one breast removed, but the chances of it being in the other breast later down the road, they couldn't say for sure that it wouldn't show up there as well because it was in my milk ducts. Um, Mm. and so I breastfed both my girls, you know, until they were over a year old. And so, you know, obviously I used, (laughs) I used both sides. (laughs) So I just, you know, I just thought, well, why? And, And then, you know, there's also to be honest, there's the vanity part of it. Why would I want only one breast to have been taken care of? I want them to look the same, you know, Mm, for myself, for my husband. Like, I don't, I don't want to look like it's already going to look awkward or different. I should say not awkward or different. I'm just, but I wanted them to be the same too. Right. So you're glad you went that route. Absolutely. I have no regrets. Um, and my doctors were, were really, um, assuring in that decision and just said, you're really, this is probably the better thing to do just because the chances of cancer reoccurring on the other side, because it was only in my left breast. Um, okay. so the chances of it recurring were pretty high and why not just go ahead and get it all taken care of. Thank the Lord for good medicine. We're uh-huh. so blessed to live today. We do. Yes. And just the oh knowledge that they have now based on what a bunch of, you know, I think about all of the other women that have had to go before me that have led to, to technology, then medicine and, and how doctors think about breast cancer and approach breast cancer because they've, you know, we've, they've been dealing it for, for, for a long time. That's with any disease, you know, you just keep hopefully progressing, um, and figuring things out and making things better than they were 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. So I'm 25 and often encouraged, you know, my grandmother had breast cancer and so it is in my family to do self-examinations. How did you, how were you diagnosed? Was it through that or how did you find out? So it's interesting because I am, I'm now, how old am I? (laughs) 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 Who cares, right? No, I'm like, I'm almost, I'll be 47 in August. That's weird to hear myself say. Um, But anyway, so I, up until that point, you know, I've gotten, I've had regular um, well woman checks with my doctor. And probably when I turned 40, uh, my, my OBGYN was like, Jennifer, have you had a mammogram? And I was like, no, I haven't. And so I just kept putting it off. And I honestly, Mm. it was foolish. Like I kept putting off because it didn't run my family. I was feeling good. I was at the peak of teaching Zen 22 and just you know, life was grand and I wasn't going to stop and take the time for someone to take a metal thing and squish my boobs and take pictures of it when I knew it was fine. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. So at about, um, so it was, um, you know, when I was 45, he finally was like, you need to go get a check. Well, so I was standing in my kitchen. This is literally probably two weeks after I'd met with my OB and, um, and it was nighttime. And so I just had a t-shirt on and some pajama pants. And I was in the kitchen talking to my husband and I just kind of had my hand on my chest, just kind of, I don't know, just not <laughs> just 
had my hand on my chest, but right at the top of my left breast, um, I was kind of feeling around and all of a sudden I felt this lump and I was like, huh. And so I had my husband feel it and I was like, what do you think of that? And he was like, I don't know. He was like, what do you think? And I said, well, I should probably go get a mammogram. I'm not sure what that is. It's probably just a cyst or something like that. So I call, um, the mammogram place the next day is Solus, uh, and called in and I said, Hey, I feel this lump. Um, and I want to see if I can get a mammogram. And she was like, Oh honey, if you already feel something, you have to go see your doctor first so they can order a diagnostic, which basically means they want to order. Um, they want to be able to have access to not just the mammogram itself, but also a sonogram in the same visit if they oh, see wow. something on the mammogram. So I was like, Oh, Oh, okay. So then I had to call my doctor back had to wait another week to go in to see him. This is all like in November, 2018. And, uh, he finally gets me in. He feels around. He's like, huh? He's like, well, we're not going to say one way or another. Cause we don't know. He said, so I'm going to set up diagnostic and, um, we'll see what the doc, what the radiologist says. So that diagnostic happened about a week later. Um, and then, uh, I was literally, so I showed up to the mammogram my husband didn't go with me. Nobody was with me because I just thought I'm just going to go because it's just a mammogram and I don't need anybody with me, you know, whatever. So I'm sitting in the waiting room. I go in and I, I have my test done. Well, and I have to do an aside from this. So, <laughs> cause you got to bring humor into things sometimes. Oh uh, but I'm standing there. The lady, uh, the technician is, you know, preparing me for my mammogram. And she's like, well, I need to ask you, have you, have you, <laughs> have you ever had any breast implants? And I looked at her and I was like, are you, <laughs> do you see these? <laughs> she's and I started laughing she's like I have to ask I'm sorry and I was like no I have not unfortunately <laughs> I <I'm impressed laughs> so anyway aside from that so we, we take the pictures and then I'm waiting outside and then they're like okay so now we're going to do the sonogram and so at that point I was like huh well they must have seen something so I go in lay down a lady's there and she's taking pictures on the left side. A lot of pictures kind of pressing that little wand down. Um, and then, uh, she's like, okay, let me go show these two pictures to the doctor and I'll get back to you. And so I'm sitting there waiting. And at this point I'm kind of getting nervous. Cause I'm like, huh, what would I do if, because mm. up, to, up to this point, Brian and I had plans with our family to move to Ventura, California on December. I do remember that. On December 31st, we had a moving truck coming. So the day I had my mammogram or my, it was like December the 2nd, it was a Friday. Wow. And so, um, anyway, so at this point I'm like, okay, if what, what's going on, Lord, what is, is this, is this something I should be concerned about? Well, just about that time, the radiologist comes in with the technician and he's like, okay, Jennifer, here's what we're looking at. And he's showing me these different pictures and these little spots and he said, so you, you, here's the one that you saw and he, or that you felt. And he said, but underneath here, deep down in your tissue, there's two other things that we're looking at. And I was like, he's like, so I need to tell you that I'm 99.9% .9 sure this is breast cancer. And I'm just standing there looking at him and I'm like, what? Like this, I feel like I'm in a dream. Mm. And so, um, and I could tell the nurse was like, this stinks that she's all by herself and she's being told this. Um, cause when he left, she kind of put her arm around me and was like, 
geez, there's somebody you want to call right now? And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, nice. there is, but not right here. Like I'll call my husband as soon as I get out this door, but they had to do what they had to schedule biopsy just to 100% guarantee that it was cancer, which happened the following Monday. Um, and at that point my mom had driven in and, but, uh, and so obviously it turned out I did have breast cancer and, um, so our plans had to completely change, but yeah, it was, it was through in that long story, <laughs> uh, through, I found it from a self exam, but it wasn't right. one of those where I was in the shower, you know, massaging my breast and checking. I didn't do those enough. I never did. Um, and that has been kind of my platform too, is just letting people know we are not above this. Like, I don't care if you don't run, run in your family and you see yourself as the most strongest, healthiest person in the world, like cancer is cancer. It finds anybody. It does not discriminate. Um, and so, yes, we need to take the time. If we can take the time to shave our legs and armpits, you can take the time <laughs> to do a rotation around your breast to make sure they feel quote unquote normal, you know? That is so good. It's absolutely true. And something I know that I need to hear. However, I know you also are that amazing image of a survivor who did continue to be super healthy, you know, eating right, still being fit. I think you got back in the studio, what, like eight weeks yeah. after recovery? Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's amazing. It so was so inspiring. Well, my my um <laughs> my plastic surgeon that did the implants she, I actually was going in the studio during and sitting at the back row of other instructors classes. And I would just pedal, like I wasn't going crazy, but regardless, I'm like a sweater. So I sweat like no matter mm -hmm. what. And I took a photo with the instructor that I had spun with and was like, Hey, it's great to be back, you know, and posted it. Well, she calls me at home and is like, Jennifer, you cannot be sweating like that. She's like, you're going to develop a hematoma. And I was like, I'm sorry. But you know, like when you're down, like <laughs> I knew what not to do. Like I'm not going to go into a tap back press with post vasectomy, right. right? Or a hit class, mm -hmm. or a hit class, or any of those that. And so um, I, I reassured her all I was doing was sitting and just spinning my feet. I said, I promise you, it just I sweat. <laughs> oh no! And she was like, No, you you have to just rest. And so she's like, I will let you know when I can give you the clearance to start writing. And so I listened to her and waited, but oh, that's um, hard. it was really hard. But I, mm. um, once she gave me the clear, I was in there as much as possible. And, um, honestly, another part of my soapbox on all of that is I had really good blood flow when they did these implants. Not many people can go into, um, mastectomy surgery and come out with implants right away, like where they remove the cancer, put the implants in, sew me up, and bye, we'll check you later. That's pretty much what it felt like for me. It was literally, I'm going in for implants. <laughs> and, you know, like, but we didn't know at that time either, like, if they were going to find anything in the lymph nodes. So I, the Lord completely chose a different path for me as far as cancer goes. He allowed me to be cancer-free after surgery, like there was nothing in the lymph nodes. They removed everything during surgery. And because of my book, good blood flow, um, because I'd been exercising up a lot up until that point, that was what both of them, my, my, uh, breast cancer surgeon and my, and my plastic surgeon both told me, Jennifer, 
the reason we were able to do this is because of your great blood flow because of exercise. And I, mm. I've been so grateful for that because, you know, a lot of times when we exercise and I'm the first to admit this, it's for vanity, you know, like I want to stay looking good. I'm 46 years old. I know things aren't going to stay perky and wonderful and tight forever. And I'm going to do my best to just fight against that because I care about my body and I care about being attractive to my husband. And, um, not that he's so superficial, he wouldn't. <laughs> right, you know right. what I mean? You just of want to course. feel beautiful. It's but natural. on top of that, the endorphins um, and knowing that you're doing something that your body needs. It's life insurance. And that's that's the quote I say in all my classes now is, what you're doing today for your body is life insurance. We put aside all the, the, the vanity part of it and wanting to look good. Those are all added benefits to the core of what this is all about. And it's life insurance. It's it's working from the inside out and that's not just physical. I mean, you can go ahead and get into that spiritual too. Like it starts Absolutely. with a choice of taking care of yourself, knowing that this is the one and only body that God's given us. And we want to do our best to respect that and love that and honor him with it. Um, so. Amen. Uh, Woo! Welcome to church. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So that is, as well as another quote that you've said, you said, you have the power to change from the inside out because you are worth fighting for. That yes. quote, I listened to you say before we hopped on today and I literally got chills. So can you share, obviously your story is yours, but right. you as an instructor also get to have a hand in countless other people's stories that come into your classes. So can you share one that has just been impactful for you? Maybe that not necessarily weight loss for a client, but maybe their joy changed or they gained confidence in just encouraging our listeners that there's so much more to being healthy. Yeah. Um, specifically, I think about a, a, a writer in my class that's been there for a long time. Her name's Lisa. And she she came in there weighing about probably 100 pounds more than she needed to. Um, and she had just decided I, she needed to start somewhere. And so she came and she sat in the back and pedaled and pedaled every class and just did her best, left there sweating and weeks would go by and she'd move up one more row. We have four rows for, for, um, the, for the listeners. We have four rows. Of course, everyone's fear is the front row because <laughs> they don't, they don't want to be near the instructor because it's like, what if I mess up? Everyone behind me is watching me. There's this paranoia. So anyway, it's a big deal for people to move forward because it, it means that they're gaining confidence in themselves. And they're also not caring necessarily about what everyone around them is thinking. Right. So she kept moving up and moving up and, um, she's, she has now lost 85, I think she told me 85 pounds, um, just from showing up for herself. But the biggest thing is, is that she recognized that it really wasn't just about losing the weight. It was about developing this confidence within herself because she's, she's a believer as well. And the Lord, um, just really used that space, that time in the dome where we were spinning to really, I think, and which it's always done for me too, to speak to her um, in a way of like, this isn't just um, physical, this is spiritual and emotional. I am with you. I am fighting with you and giving her the courage and the motivation to stay focused and centered on him to get her through the last pedal stroke. And mm. um, it's been an incredible thing to watch like just understanding that the Lord created each of us unique and different. And we all have 
our own stories and our own journeys. And I think that's what I've seen with everyone. Like we're all coming from a different space when we're in that room fighting together. We're all coming with different struggles, different insecurities. Some of us don't even know we have those struggles till we get in there, you know, and, um, and as, as a group and as together, but also very much individually, we recognize that there's a strength about getting past the discomfort. Like there's always that moment where it's like, I, I can't go anymore. I, or I can't, you know, whatever it is we're doing in class. And all of a sudden there's that motivation of like, yes, you can. Yes, yeah. you can, you know? And so speaking that into my writers and into my, the people in my hit classes of yes, you can, because you're worth it. And you're the one and only you. Right. And so I also depict it as this picture, like we are God's work of art. Each of us is different and unique in our own way. And we, we value like physical paintings and sculptures and put a price tag on that, you know, and we think, oh my gosh, this painting's you know, priceless. It's the Mona Lisa, you know, whatever. <laughs> but think about you, like think about your height, your bone structure, how far apart your eyes are set, the color of your hair, um, all those things God specifically chose for you. And we can have moments where we think, I don't like that. God, why did you give me thin hair? I want thick hair. You know, but everything was created in a perfect way just for you. And you're that work of art and he is proud of it. He loves you and he wants you to be proud of it. And so when we recognize that he is the artist of who we are, I think it brings glory to him when we actually take care of it and yes. um, and really focus on what we can do for us. And really, like I said before, like it's 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 a change that happens in the heart first. Um, it, there has to be a change there before anything on the physical outside is going to change because it's the choice that you make to do something, whatever it is, whether it's spin, whether it's a running or, you know, Olympic lifting, there's a choice that has to be made where you're like, I'm going to do this. And our, our motives for that may ebb and flow. But at the core, I try to encourage people that like you were talking about, you're the only one and only you, and you will always be worth fighting for because there's no one else like us in the entire universe. And why wouldn't we fight for that? Amen. That is so good. And like you said, with the intentions of the, you know, kind of the switch to start caring for your body can ebb and flow. And I, I know a lot of times, I mean, being in the pageant world or even just at TCU, a lot of that intention that I saw around me would be, you know, the physical of, oh, I'm going to train really hard for spring break, for example. Of course. Of um, course. But it's so true. Once you have that genuine mind shift that your body is the temple of the Lord's and you need to treat it, you desire to treat it as such, that's when it's more of that lifestyle shift, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, yes. And I think also like some people maybe wonder, well, how do I, how do I get to that place where I can just be rid of, I just want to look good. And I think it starts with a relationship with God himself. Like if you're wanting that, it starts with spending time intentionally with the Lord daily so that he can pour his wisdom and truth into you. And it makes you look at the world differently when you see his truth and you read his word. Um, it starts with that relationship. And I think, you know, if, if you're out there and you're struggling with it always being about physical, I would totally encourage you to just get into God's word. Um, and if you need a guidance, like look for a good Bible study, um, mm -hmm. I'm sure reach out to Sarah. She'll probably know. Some. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, for me, when I became a Christian my freshman year of college, if I had heard you, Jennifer, say, just get into the word, I'd be like, what? I just picked this up and open it? It's like, right. it's really not un- legible. Like, it's English, but it's not. Um, so definitely don't be afraid to. I actually do have on my website, ladies, sosarahrose.com, the about me section. I have resources for you all. So whether that's books or Bible studies, especially for those of you that are interested in learning more about what this looks like, um, definitely go over there and check that out. And I will say too, to add to that, you know, also the Lord's word is living and breathing. It's alive. And which means as soon as you open it up, it's him speaking. So you may not understand it, but praying and asking the Lord to give you wisdom. If you don't have access to something right away, um, he will show up. I promise you. I mean, you think about people in foreign countries that when they're given a Bible by, you know, a, a missionary, um, and they're like, okay, here you go. They don't have necessarily any guidance and they just start reading. And it's amazing to hear testimonies of people who, um, you know, they'll start like my husband and I, my husband's actually heard several of these stories about, uh, people in countries that are very remote and isolated and they'll read God's word and they'll suddenly be like, this was the one in the, in my dreams. They've been having dreams where Jesus actually appeared to them in dreams and they didn't really know who that, who it was. And they're being given these Bibles and all of a sudden they're like, this is the man, this is him, this is Jesus. And it's just, wow. oh, it's incredible. So oh my don't, goodness. I, I love, I, I do encourage um, studies, but also if you don't have access to that, for sure, just know that opening up the word, I mean, open up to Psalms and just start reading the Psalms of David um, and you will feel the Lord's presence because he's there. It's powerful. Oh. And that being said too, I, I think this conversation is a testament to, we're called to be in his word and we're also called to worship. And I think this episode is a testament to that people's ways of worship look different from each other. Right. Like Jennifer, I, I might even say as just someone who gets to witness your life that you truly worship in every moment, but mm-hmm. seeing you on the podium in a class as an observer, I mean, only you can say for yourself, but it almost right. seems like your form of worship in there sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, first of all, I'm getting emotional with you saying that because (laughs) honestly, like that room has, you know, I have to be careful. Like it doesn't become this idol in my life where it's like, Mm -hmm. I have to have, or this is the only way I can worship God or feel a presence with him. Um, But I absolutely believe and well, let me finish my thought. Like I absolutely believe that the Lord is present in that room when I teach and not because of who I am and because of anything, except that I, I ask for his presence. And because I ask for his presence, I know he's there. Um, and I want him to speak through me. That is my prayer before every class. Lord, speak through me today. What does someone need to hear? What, whatever words need to come out of my mouth. And some days I, I leave a class and I'm like, well, that I felt nothing. <laughs> and then there's days where it's like, oh my gosh, Lord, what did I even say? That was totally from you. I don't even know what came out of my mouth, but a writer will mm-hmm. come up and be like, Jennifer, I needed to hear that today. I'm like, awesome. That was the Lord, not me. Um, so yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So with you praying for it, not to be an idol, obviously during this out the virus outbreak right now you're not able to go to the studio you don't have writers or people in your hit classes so i know that you 
do turn to fitness as an outlet during hard times, but how has that looked different now? And what would you encourage our listeners who are maybe that regular fitness studio attendee that are stuck at home? How would you encourage them during this time? Well, total disclosure. <laughs> I um, I happen to know someone that has a key that lets me in. Oh to the my gosh. <laughs> I know. Gotta keep I, it real. I, I have to keep it real. Like I, I so I've been going into the studio by myself, but we're also we're also streaming classes. We, we allowed all of our um, all of our clients, whoever wanted to, to rent a bike and take it home. And so, that is so yeah, cool. Dallas and Fort Worth both sold out of their bikes, and we are streaming classes. So we go in there, one instructor and just a camera guy, and we record a whole class, and then we put it on Vimeo, and then they can stream it there. And then we're also doing a home hit workouts so that you can find on our Zen Twenty Two Instagram. Um, wow! So that I it's so smart to rent out the bikes. Well, we sure hope it keeps us going. It was just some um, way to keep some sort of income because you know we're a small business, mm-hmm. and I honestly, I believe the Lord is. I believe His hand is on that company. I there's been so many times where you know you just weren't sure what was going to happen, and some wonderful thing happens, and we're able to stay around. You know, like it's just been it's mm-hmm. been amazing, and all the people that work for Zen Twenty Two right now believe in it so much, and so we're willing to fight for it. And doing these these classes has been really great for all of us, not just because we get to serve our clients, but because we get to ride a bike. <laughs> You know, and so, and then uh, several of the instructors were able to take a bike home, which I was one of those as well. So that's been good. But uh, that being said, now that I, now that you know the real story, <laughs> um, I know for a lot of other people, they cannot do that. And what I've loved, if you, if there's silver linings, which I know we can all think of a, a lot of silver linings from what has happened with this um, being stuck at home thing, like just being able to see different at-home workouts and changing it up a little bit. Like we need mm-hmm. to change it up, right? We gotta, can't do the same thing over and over because then you plateau and nothing changes. So it's been cool to see so many people come out and like give workout videos and do things at home and creative ways to have weights. Like, I picked a, <laughs> I made a yes. video the other day holding two jugs of cleaner. Like, oh my goodness. And I was like, if you don't have weights at home, find some heavy jugs of cleaner. I mean, who knows? I don't know. Yes. Yeah. Some people, I think Catherine, one of our other instructors, used two wine bottles. The other yes, day. I was going to say, I've been doing um, Fit Friday Lives on my Instagram yes, account. Yes, I saw that. That's awesome. And I did one with one of my girlfriends the other week, Nia, for those listeners that know Nia. She's also a former Miss USA. And she was texting me beforehand and she's like, okay, I think we should get weights that aren't actual weights so that viewers that are tuning in can know I'm going to have wine bottles. And I was like, Nia, that's a great idea. And then as I was doing it, I'm clinking them together. I'm thinking, holy moly, please, Lord, do not let <laughs> This He's red right. wine bottle explode all over me. <laughs> oh my gosh! So maybe there are risks. jugs are a better idea. Yeah, that's better. maybe plastic of some sort, like you yeah. know, laundry detergent. Yes, there you go. <laughs> that's so, funny. how in the world though are you managing teaching? Like, you're having to teach your kids now, right? Because your kids are at home. Like school? Um, well, it's not so much teach me teaching them. It's me monitoring that they're doing the work. So okay. Got it. Um, the way our school system is set it up, we actually don't officially start 
like they, for the last couple of weeks, they've given them stuff to do online. They all have, they both have Google Chromebooks. And so, um, they use those to log on to the Fort Worth ISD website and they can get lessons from there. And then also their teachers have been texting them and sending out stuff. But I think Monday they officially start like, okay, you have this assignment and this is where you go and you have to complete it by such and such time. So, Oh, nice. Yeah, it'll be great. And they've, they're my girls, they're, you know, one's just turned 12 and one is almost 15 and they are really responsible kids anyway. And so I really haven't had, I know some moms are out there struggling so hard and they're like, help me. What do I right. teach them? And I just feel for them. I, I, I can't imagine having really young kids right now, like kindergarten, first, second, you know, that would be really, really hard. And so I feel like I've kind of got it easy because I've got two really responsible girls that are smart and don't, they don't struggle really in school right, right now. And they can figure out how to get things done and they do it. And so that's so I feel nice. like I've my got question, real easy. <laughs> it's truly, my question was going to be, how have you managed to prioritize your workouts amidst all of that? But it sounds like you're pretty blessed in that category. They I'm like, themselves. okay, girls, do your schoolwork. Mommy's going to go spin class. Bye. Bye. Oh my goodness. Uh, So for you, Jennifer, and for any new listeners here, obviously this podcast was not a pageant podcast. I want to remind you all that, yes, it is called More Than a Crown, but this title came from me really sifting through ideas and realizing that at the end of my year as Miss USA, it had uprooted me to live in New York City. It had given me all of these amazing opportunities and completely changed the trajectory of my life. However, it was a one-year opportunity, much like many titles we chase after in our lives. And after that, I had to remind myself that I am more than a crown. So Jennifer, all of my interviewees at the end of this podcast get asked, what are you reminding yourself at the end of the day that you are more than? Wow. I don't know that I'm good at being consistent on reminding myself of something so necessary. Mm. (laughs) Um, You know, like you just kind of go through, I think right now I kind of feel like I'm stuck in a groundhog day at times, but I do know that the Lord has taught me that he is there and he's showing up for me. Um, And that none of my works as a mom, as a fitness instructor, as a writer, um, None of those things are what make me. Um, It's who he is in me and how I reflect those and all the things that I do is what brings glory to him. And that's what I want to do and to be reminded of, yeah, that my identity is my (laughs) identity is not in my works. It's in him. And that's, that has to be my first priority. And I think more than ever, like I have all this time to, spend more time in the word and spend more time reflecting on who he is. That is where I need to be. I think every day is just reminding myself that none of these things that I'm doing are who make me. It's him through me doing those things. Absolutely. Amen. So I know you have encouraged me. You've had, you've given me chills. You've made me teary eyed during just this even one conversation. So before we go, can you tell our listeners where they can continue to be inspired by you? Where th- where can they follow you? Ah, okay. Well, you can find me on Instagram at at Jen Kita, J E N K I E T A. 
uh, please follow me. Um, don't not because I want to, <laughs> not because I want more followers. I don't really have that many, but but because I want to be able to use my life as a testimony of who God is. Um, and not every post is about that, but um, I love to share things that are happening in my family and with fitness. And so, yeah, you can follow me there. And then also on Facebook, um, Jennifer Hearn, H-E-A-R-N, Keita. That's my maiden name, K-I-E-T-A. And so those are the only two places, really. And then you can also follow at Zen22, Z-Y-N-2. So if listeners are at home and say, oh, I want to take, obviously they might not have a bike at home. So are mm-hmm. you, you're doing the hit classes still? Yeah, How those, can they those are free. Those are free. And we post them on our Insta stories and, but we also post them on our regular Instagram. Uh, so you can, you can actually scroll down over the last several days or weeks. And there's been several of our instructors, including myself that have posted upper body, core, lower body. It's usually three rounds with a minute rest between each round and they're great and they are powerful. Good workouts. Absolutely. I'm going to do it. Good. (laughs) Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it with someone that you think would love to hear it and it can be a light in their life as well. Remember to take some time to take care of yourself because you deserve it. Amen. Thank you, Sarah. Thank you.